everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, it's going awesome. Good. You want to know why? Why? Because you made these amazing drinks Oh, thank for you. Us. They're so good. I tried. Oh, I've had like six of them, I think. Well, because we kept trying to take pictures different ways, so we had to keep <laughs> making new drinks. And once you make the drink, you gotta drink it. You gotta so. drink it. I like to do my part. Oh, yes. Well, now my glass is like halfway empty, so we might need to make another. We can, another because we have the stuff for it. Um, so I made this drink. We're gonna call it either the spicy watermelon or mm. watermelon spice, whatever. You'll see it on the post, whichever yes. we decide. Um, I made this because it is the 4th of July, uh, and it's barbecue weather, barbecue it's weather, and it's supposed to be full of freedoms, except if you're a woman, but you know, um, that's, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh because it's horrific, you know, uh, yeah, so I'm, we're upset, we're enraged, we're trying to keep it light, but yeah. it's probably not going to happen. But it's okay. Move on, Caitlin. I'm sorry. Thank you. But I made this drink because I made it spicy because women are hot and bothered right now. So I like to. But uh, so this drink is uh, one shot of Smirnoff spicy tamarind vodka, Mm. one shot of fresh lime juice, and then you're going to top it off with uh, Mela watermelon water. And this water tastes just like a watermelon. Like you're it's, drinking the essence. You crack a can and you're drinking a watermelon. It is. Yes. Ugh. And these are sold out everywhere. I went to four different stores. I found the last two cans. And it's well worth it, though. Oh, it is well worth they it. They are so good. So this drink is watermelon forward, fresh. Well, and then we had like a sugar spicy rim yeah. on there mm-hmm. that just like, I don't know. It's so refreshing. It like, is. Like it's just drinking a delightful juice that is exactly what you want. Exactly. I don't know what it is. If you like, because uh, my favorite candies are the Mexican um watermelon one with covered in chili oh, so yeah. definitely sort of spicy sweet yeah and it's man that's a yeah. good combination right there so you put that in liquid form and it is just delightful oh just i delightful. feel like i feel like i'm overselling it a little bit but no, i'm not you're not it mm. is well worth it I we know. it's a 10 out of 10 here man i'm gonna say this is within the top five of our all-time drink phase that's 97 episodes man that's a lot of drinks. That's a lot I've of drinks. I've forgotten so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably full of shit. But... Well, if you go back on our Instagram and Facebook, uh, you no, that's true. I actually do stuff. like going back and looking at all the pictures. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, that was so good. That was so good. Mm. Mm. This one is super good. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Let's get into the stories. All right. So this story uh, is about a woman who is strong and powerful. Okay. So just okay. like all the other women in America right now and all over the world as well, because women are amazing. You know, Caitlin, well yeah. said. Thank you. Women are amazing. Women are. All right. So this story is about Lydia Tillman. Lydia Tillman. Okay. Yep. 
And it is 4th of July in Fort Collins, Colorado, 2011. Oh, I see. I don't have a 4th of July story at all, but you went ahead and just You know, yeah, I said I didn't have up. one, and then I changed my story. It just happened. It just happened to be on 4th of July. So <laughs> it just works out. There's nothing really about the 4th of July. But okay. on this day, she's celebrating 4th of July okay. with family, friends, and she watches the fireworks show in the evening. Oh, that's always fun. And afterwards... You know, it's late. The fireworks show is done. So she's going to head on home. Okay. So she's walking back to her apartment because it is, you know, walking distance away. But what she does not know is that she's actually being followed by a man. Oh. When she gets closer to her apartment, she then notices a stranger following her. Mm. So she quickly tries to get inside her apartment, but the stranger is now right behind her and pushes his way into her apartment. Oh, that's very scary. Right? This man wastes no time and he starts to strangle her. He also beats her in the head and shatters her jaw. He sexually assaults her and then the man pours bleach on her body and throughout her apartment and sets it on fire. Oh my gosh! Right? The man then flees, and now her apartment is in flames. Oh, my God. Despite how injured she was, Lydia was able to find the strength and jumped from her second-story balcony <gasps> and ran to an ambulance that showed up because of the fire. Oh, my God. Right? She jumped. I mean, second story is, I mean, I say that's, that's still pretty high. higher than I want to jump from. Exactly. That's for sure. The medics asked if she knew who the assailant was, and she said, no, no, no. And then she had a stroke. <gasps> oh, my God. Right? So she's just having not the, the worst effing time absolutely. ever. She was rushed to the hospital, but then she was now in a coma. Oh, my gosh. The hospital calls Lydia's father, Willie Tillman. Her family quickly goes to to see her, and they state, When we got there, we could not recognize Lydia. There was no way you could know that that was Lydia. Her head was all swelled up, black and blue, no way to recognize her. Oh my gosh. The only way they were able to identify her was by the ring she was wearing and a tattoo on her leg. Oh. Right? That's really bad. Right? I couldn't imagine. Can you imagine? Um, no. Yeah. If you were beaten, Like a family member and going in and being like, nah, I don't think that's my sister. Right. Oh, shit. That is my sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. How that horrible. Was how badly she was. Ugh. So a detective had a good idea of who did this after hearing that Lydia was doused with bleach. Oh. Because this guy in the past... Likes to use bleach. Like, that was his thing. They've maybe found some other victims Mm -hmm. with bleach around them. They tested the DNA under Lydia's fingernails, and they had a hit, and it was the same guy. It belonged to Travis Forbes. Mm. A warrant was placed for his arrest, and on July 10th, uh, police arrested him, finding him walking with a woman near the Colorado State campus. Oh, my goodness. So, Probably another soon-to-be victim. Absolutely. I think they just saved a life there. Yes. So he actually confessed to the assault and actually confessed to a murder of Kenya Moore after prosecutors agreed to not charge him under the death penalty. Oh, Okay. He met Kenya when she was drunk and incoherent near a nightclub. He Mm. offered her a ride in his van and she accepted. This is where he sexually assaulted her while she was passed out. When she came to, she realized what happened. She started yelling at him and hitting him. Then he began to strangle her until she deceased. Oh, 
God. He cleaned his van with bleach and ran his own business selling gluten-free granola bars. That's why he had the van. What the F ever. Right? He's gross. Well, he had a large cooler that he actually put her in and rode around with her for a day before storing her in a freezer where he made the granola bars. Um, yuck. God. He burned all her clothes and later buried her remains in a shallow grave 36 miles from Denver. So, five months after her death, he showed investigators where her, where her body oh. was. But it was three months after Kenya's murder when Lydia was attacked. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. But at least he got caught so quickly after her attack. Oh, absolutely. Right? Oh. And then for her to like be scratching at him, like... Get that DNA. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope you take an eyeball out with Absolutely. it as well. Mm-hmm. So Lydia is actually still in a coma when Travis was arrested. She oh. was actually in a coma for five weeks. Wow. When she regained consciousness, she was pissed. She was <laughs> oh, I bet angry. You were Lydia. She would repeatedly attempt to tear away her tubes, feeding her stomach, and dismantling a bolt in her head that would monitor her brain pressure. Like, she just, like... She's like, I'm done. done. I need to leave. I got some vengeance I need to take care of. Two days after she awoke, Lydia began writing a statement that would eventually submit to the court. Mm. So sentencing for Travis, because he pled... I mean, he admitted that he was guilty. Oh, yeah. So he had a sentencing on September 27th. So it was really quick yeah which is good but lydia was actually there that day standing by her father's side in a packed courtroom filled with family and friends she stared straight at travis and said travis forbes you caused me no harm my spirits my soul and my mind remain untouched may you find peace in this life I know, right? <laughs> Lydia, are you like the most amazing person on earth? Absolutely, oh. right? And with this took her an hour to compose just these three senses, but how powerful were those yeah, senses? Yeah, fuck you, you didn't do anything to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do what you will, but it, you know, I'm better for it. Hopefully you can live with yourself because you're a piece of shit. Yeah, Pretty maybe much. not better for it, but yeah. I hope you can live with yourself. You're a piece of shit. Absolutely. Thank you, Caitlin. So, even though she had a lot of brain and throat damage, it limited her ability to speak, but she still spoke those words. Was it from, like, the fire and things? From well, he the, oh, shattered he strangled, her jaw. Of course, He strangled yeah. her, shattered her jaw. He beat her in the head. I mean... Of course, okay. She took a lot of damage. Ugh. So, Travis was sentenced to 48 years in prison. All right. So, he's in prison now. Lydia states... It was my intention to find the strength in my heart to forgive Travis Forbes. I did. I felt extreme anger toward him. Then I felt sad for him. He must be in so much extreme pain to so brutally hurt another human. Oh my god, Lydia. Isn't she a great person? I would not. I don't know if I could forgive. So like, I don't know if I could forgive. I don't know. Well, as I've heard before, you don't have to forgive the what, but if you can forgive the why. And, you know, maybe you don't have to forgive the assault against you, but to be able to try to figure out, you know, clearly I agree with her. Someone has to be so twisted or in so much pain or been twisted by pain or Mm -hmm. a sexual assault or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, 
that it just turns you into something else. Right. And if you can forgive that that hurt that they were feeling, you know. It's easier to forgive. Than what happened to you. Dang. Prolific, but still I'll be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them all. <laughs> oh. So Lydia continued to heal and still lives in Fort Collins. She's a yoga instructor and barista as of like 2015. Oh. I'm not 100% sure if that's still true, but right, well, I like sounds, to hope so. Sounds like she's doing well for herself. Yeah. She's thriving. In 2015, she shared her story again, and she said, It comes down to a choice. Do you want to live in love or in fear? I choose love continuously. <laughs> ah! I, I love everything about her. Isn't she amazing? She is amazing. Oh my gosh. She... She's oh inspirational. Gosh. She's a fighter. She's compassionate. She is so much strength yeah, that I wish that I could have. She's living in love. Yes. Oh my gosh. She's an amazing woman. And that's why I found her story to be so touching. And uh, she is a fighter. She's strong. And I love her so much. Just like every other woman we've talked about who fought back and who survived just any situation that they were in. Yeah. So. Okay. I can talk about Lydia forever because she is an inspiration to so many um, i don't know it's just her story really hit with me so uh good job lydia i, I love you <laughs> i don't know who you are but <laughs> damn girl you're amazing let's be friends i know let's <laughs> choose to live with love i know let's yeah. be friends that's perfect absolutely uh all right i'll go Michelle. take her yoga class oh i would definitely take her yoga class i've been thinking about getting back into yoga it's so calming actually it's really nice and honestly i took my friend's Ashley yoga class because she's a yoga instructor and I realized how much I should stretch because I was <laughs> sore man like I can't bend this way for some yeah. reason and I feel like I should well and what's amazing is even after a short time you can see the difference mm. of like how much more limber you are mm. very quickly yeah let's do it all right well my story is about someone who's fairly athletic Oh, okay. So I'm taking us to... Actually, I think it's Australia. Nice. Now I'm like, shit, maybe it's New Zealand. So I apologize. Oh my gosh. I probably fucked it up already. All right. So my story is about Neil Parker. Mm. And so we're going back to September of 2019. Okay. Not far. So uh, Neil is 55 years old Mm -hmm. and he is an avid hiker. Okay. So he is, he adores getting out into nature. Um, He's part of a bushwalkers group. And so they go out and do a lot of bushwalking, which I think is, I always think of it as like a spiritual quest, but I don't know if that's true or not. Like out in nature. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of my understanding is you go out and you just become one with nature. Okay. Okay. Um, I could be completely wrong, and all the Australians hate me. So there we this go. This story doesn't seem a good start for you, Michelle. No, I'm not <laughs> I did not elegantly ease into this story. Oh, kill me! I was thinking this is gonna be the easiest story to tell. So anyway, Neil, he was tackling a three-hour trail mm-hmm. called Cabbage Tree Creek. Yeah, in Mount Nebo, Queensland. Which is in Australia. Perfect. I just looked that shit up. Great. (laughs) So he was doing this particular trail alone on this day. Normal. He, um, again, he's part of a hiking group and Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. So he's actually done this hike a bunch of times. Okay. And has done it with people and, you know, before. And so, like I said, on this particular day, he was alone, but he's had lots of experience. So he wasn't like overly concerned. Okay. 
So it was a rocky track that had lots of obstacles. And even though he had done it many times before, he wanted to make sure he was safe. So he had a backpack that had all kinds of shit in it. So okay. he had, you know, like ponchos and stuff to keep him waterproof. He had snacks. He had warm clothing. He had maps. He had water sterilization packets. Oh, I wow. Mean, he was just, ready. Yeah. He had mm-hmm. a whole slew of things. So he heads out on uh-huh. his trail. And he's going over rocks, he's passing creeks, he's going through thick brush, and he uh, eventually comes up to the base of the waterfall. Okay. And again, he's been there here before, Uh and he's got, like, pictures of him and his friends doing this exact same hike. Right. And so he starts climbing up the rocks that are on the right side of the falls. Mm -hmm. So this is more than hiking. He's doing Mm. a little bit of rock climbing now. And so about three quarters of the way up, he slips. Oh. Yeah. And so with nothing to hold on to, he starts tumbling down (gasps) this rock face. Oh, my gosh. And he said his arms and legs were spread out like a starfish. Uh Uh-huh. And he plummeted more than nine feet, like, going down. And on the way down, he smashes his left wrist on a rock, and then he plunges into the water at the bottom of the waterfall. And once he gets into the water, he lands on another rock. (gasps) And this one hits his ankle. Oh, my God. I know. He whacks his left ankle with, like, uh, apparently a pretty good amount of force. Right. We'll find out in oh, a minute. Okay. So he starts trying to swim to the bank, mm-hmm. and then he realizes he's in serious trouble. Mm. He felt his ankle, his left ankle, was like a dead weight. <gasps> and when he pulled himself onto the bank, he saw that his foot was essentially dangling from his leg. Oh he my god! Snapped the bones <gasps> like completely in half. Ew! Yeah, he <laughs> was right. So, using compression bandages from his backpack and hiking sticks, he sort of fashioned himself a splint. Is he still in the water or he's on land now? No, he's on land. He dragged himself out. Saw the state of his leg. Uh Was like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. Oh, by the way, I also have a broken wrist. Uh And (laughs) now I need to start administering first aid to my leg. So, he makes himself a splint and to keep his foot into place. Uh Uh-huh. And then he goes to get his phone out of the dry bag that is in his backpack. He looks at his phone and realizes he doesn't have any signal, but he's only about 90 feet away from sort of a clearing. And so he's thinking, Mm. if I could just get to that clearing, I can probably have a signal, be able to call and get help. Okay. And all will be well. Good plan. But unfortunately, when he went to go put his phone back in his pocket, it slipped out of his grasp. And fell back right into the creek. <gasps> and no! so now he's like, fuck. Yeah. I am in trouble now. Absolutely. And actually, what he's now he's in serious trouble and he's kind of starting to panic. Oh no. So living on his own, he had grown up children who were all in New Zealand. And so what he realized is that no one knew where, where he was. <gasps> and he oh, no. hadn't really told anyone yeah. what his plans were for the day. And so he's up there. Normally he carries a GPS tracker with mm-hmm. him that he takes on all his hikes. Yeah. But I guess his ex-wife got it in the divorce. And so what? he currently did not have one. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I guess he hadn't had a chance to replace it okay, yet. Okay, so okay, So she had it back at her place. Oh, no. And he's hiking on his own. So he realized that there was a junction about two miles back where a helicopter would actually be able to see him mm. if 
a helicopter should fly over in a happenstance that, you know, but no one knows he's missing. Right. But the other nice thing about this area is that uh, people exercised there. And so he figured eventually someone was going to come by and probably see him and then he would be able to get help. Right. So he just now has to get to this thing two miles away. Oh, two miles. Yeah, it's two miles away, this clearing. I thought the clearing was like 10 feet away. No, no, no. It's it's two miles. Um, Or about two miles. Probably a little bit less, but anyway. So he realizes very quickly that he's not able to walk. Absolutely not. You know, he's got one foot sort of just hanging there. Yeah. So he started to sort of shuffle along on his butt. Okay. Like going along. His left hand, again, he hit his wrist. Yeah. Now he's realizing that his hand is probably fractured as well as his wrist. Ugh. So he had to rely on his right hand and his left elbow to sort of scooch him along. Wow. Carrying all that body weight. All Man. that body weight. While keeping his shattered leg up in the air. So, oh my gosh. Because it was just too painful to drag along behind him. So he had to like keep it up and oh my so he said each shuffle on his butt was a challenge he had to navigate ledges and rocks that were the size of cars oh my god um and fortunately a lot along the way there was a lot of rainwater and a lot of creeks that he was able to like refresh himself with and oh. drink and you know so he had energy along the way okay that's good or at least drinking water along the way right in his backpack as it turns out because he was so well prepared he actually had had some painkillers with him really so, yeah he uh was able so he figured if he could take a break every four hours he could take his painkillers and have an energy bar and then be able to kind of proceed forward wow um, but fortunately for him he actually was not feeling hardly any pain really because he was running on so much adrenaline oh, still at this point okay. wow and what just kept him going was thinking about his family you know, and just thinking about his kids who weren't going to know what happened to him. Right. And, you know. So when dusk fell, he found a flat area and then he ended up pulling out his emergency sleeping bag and sort of crawled in mm-hmm. and then stayed for the night there. Okay. Probably the longest, coldest night of his whole life. Of course. And as soon as it was light, he set off to head towards the bottom again, to That's head good. off towards that junction, you know. Probably now a mile and a half away. So nothing <laughs> messed with him in the night. No, no it doesn't animals. seem like okay, it. That's no good, snakes that's good. that came in and went over him or Ugh. whatever. So at that point, though, as he started heading out the next day, his leg was so weak that he couldn't hold it up anymore. Oh. It was, and it was just completely excruciating. So what he ended up having to do was to grip his pant leg uh-huh. and sort of carry his leg. <gasps> along with him so he only had one leg to sort of move along with and then he was carrying his other leg does that make sense yeah i can kind (laughs) of picture it yeah it's kind of hard to imagine but and he said the second day was completely exhausting he was checking his map and compass all the time just to make sure he was heading in the right direction right um but having to pretty much carry his own leg made it just super slow going Mm. it was just slow and a struggle so it was a huge relief whenever he found a watering hole he was able to sort of refresh himself get some drinks and stop for a second before moving on and so now he's only like 150 feet away from this junction that he's headed towards 
it's getting to the it's the night now of the second day but he was encouraged but again he had to stay the night and mm, he was so close yeah so he was like hunkering down and then around 8 p.m that evening uh-huh. he started hearing a helicopter <gasps> and he was like what but he was under heavy trees and he knew there was no chance of them spotting him. So he ended up giving up hope for the uh, night. And he, but he was just like, was somebody looking for me? And it's just like, maybe. I don't know. Or was God. it just a coincidence? Right. So he ended up setting off early again the okay. next morning. And he reached the junction around mid-morning. And he hoped maybe the helicopter would return. And then after a few agonizing hours, the helicopter was back. Oh, <gasps> really? Yes. And okay. so the whole time he's waving his arms and a paramedic saw him and was like, are you Neil Parker? And he's like, yes, yes, I am <laughs> Neil Parker. And so they, he told them um, about his injuries. And so they were able to send down a stretcher to Aww. retrieve him from this poor so junction. someone knew. Someone knew. So here we go. Oh. So on the way, the paramedics explained to him that when he didn't turn up for work on Monday, his boss phoned his ex-wife, who was the one with the GPS right. thing. And so she called a few people. She called around like, hey, do you know where Neil is? Yeah. And one of those few people she called was his friend Judy, uh-huh. who actually he had told her his walking plans. Oh. He didn't actually remember telling her, but he, he had did. at some okay. point. And so she's like, he's probably up at this trail. And so that's where they started looking for him. Um, he had no recollection of telling her, but he was super Good grateful thing, yeah. that he did tell her. So once he got to the hospital, his three sisters were there waiting Aww. for him. So he ended up needing three operations, two of which involved screwing metal plates into his shattered left wrist and leg. Wow. And his son ended up get, leaving from New Zealand to come see him. Aww. And he said, I, like, I cannot believe that you essentially carried your leg right? that whole way. It, he ended up spending three and a half weeks in the hospital. And after six months, he was finally off the crutches. Wow. Um, and now he's back to exploring the great outdoors, but he always tells people where he's going now, and he always has his GPS beacon Aww. with him. He's no longer relying on his phone. Yeah. Uh, he said he learned the hard way, and he's just very grateful to be alive. That's insane. So he carried his own damn leg out of the park. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, again, I'm trying to, like, I would try to roll, but again, I'm guessing rolling with that pressure on that would not well, work. And I suspect it was, he just said there was huge rocks right, everywhere. True. So you it was couldn't. a lot of climbing slash hiking, I guess. No. Yeah. <sighs> Oh my gosh. I, you know, what I, my takeaway from this yeah. is I'm just sure glad that I'm not a big mountain, like an avid mountain right. climber. Right. No, me too. Absolutely. Just, but at least that's a good thing to tell at least someone your plans if you're, you're going to go alone. That's what they always say. Like if you're going to go hiking by yourself, right. if you're going to go on a boat by yourself, if you're, or you know, if you're going in a plane, yeah. share your itinerary, just tell people where you're going. Yeah. So when you don't show up later... They know where to find you. Yeah. My parents are going to Europe for three months next Ooh. year. Uh, and they have an itinerary, like, each day, what they're doing and where they're going to be so at. So you can check so, in on them? Exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> my gosh. My parents out in the world. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, but those take a long time to heal. Because you remember Alyssa, she, my sister, she broke her foot at my bachelorette party in yes. February. <laughs> 
She just got her cast off, like the boot off in June. Like, oh, wow. This month. And wow. So, uh, yeah, poor, poor girl. Thing. I know. <laughs> I tell everybody about your bachelorette <laughs> yeah. party. Like, it I'm. Was- I'm out of things to talk about in a, with a stranger. Yeah. I will bring up your bachelorette party. You don't, like, I didn't think it was going to be like, crazy. It was. It there was. was a lot of fun stories that yeah. emerged. Which is good. I mean, but it Poor Alyssa. No. It was very emotional at the time. And it was. Traumatizing well, was for everybody. So many people. Like, I was drinking before and at the casino and everyone's telling me like she broke it oh my gosh what, did, what should we do i'm like uh i don't know i don't know maybe cry yeah cry and then people are like no she did it yes she did and then she's just like i'm just sitting here you know yeah. it's just hey we got her a wheelchair she was a trooper man she didn't she didn't she even know she broke it she's just like ow that yeah. fucking hurt Oh, let's take your boot off. Oh, that does look like it hurts. Yeah. It's horrible looking. Yeah. Oh, so, I know. But luckily she lived close, so she went home that night. But, uh, uh, well, her foot was not hanging off of her leg. It was so not. It that's was, good. It was definitely imagine? not. No, I cannot imagine anything hanging off of me. That is, like, videos of people, like, breaking lit. Oh, I like cannot. they hit something too hard or they do a like high con- jump yeah. and they come down. And... It's, like, caught on camera. Even, like, the arm oh. wrestling and someone breaks their arm from, like, oh, I, I can't. I can't. Oh. No. Do not we, show me. We had a friend who was walking downstairs at a wedding and she sort of fell on her heel a little bit and snapped her femur. Really? Right in half. It's so crazy what the human body can endure, but also how fragile it can be. <laughs> oh. It just depends, man. If you just hit it just right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. She ended yeah. up with screws in her leg and all kinds of stuff. And Alyssa, she broke her foot on just like an inch of pavement that yes, she tripped over. It was, it's like she just sort of got it just, just right, right. And it just rolled her ankle, yep. man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And that, that was no alcohol involved. She wasn't even uh, I know, that drinking was the then. beginning of the I night. I know, it was the beginning of the night. Oh, dear. Oh, goodness. So well, I wear my pajamas from that bachelorette oh, party all the time. I still do, too. They're really comfy. <laughs> they are super comfy. We got them all, my bachelorette, uh, my bachelorette party, all matching pajamas. I know. Very oh. cute. Uh, I like to contribute my part. We are way off track. We are You're going to have to like cancel or delete half of this. But good job, Neil, for I having the strength, man. I do. Man. I know. I'd be like, well, this is where I die. Yeah. I, just, I mean, maybe it is the adrenaline. I'm sure the second day he, he, you said he was feeling it more. I'm sure the first day was like adrenaline and the second day was, was like, like, oh my gosh. I know. How am I even going to live through this? Yeah. It would be, oh, and to see your phone just sort of slip off into the creek and that knowing that was your only lifeline. Well, good thing he was so prepared, though. Like, yeah. pain medication? Like, hello? Yeah, he had two different types of pain medication. Wow. He had water, granola. He was ready. His emergency sleeping bag. I mean, he was ready to go. So, And he survived. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he survived. Wow. Well, good job, Neil. Uh, again. I would die in hopelessness and despair that's what we're gonna go in the same spot where i fell we don't go in the woods actually i'm going camping so (laughs) you go camping though all the time yeah once a year twice a year uh all right well we hope you have a safe and happy fourth of july and okay bye bye